Welcome to another round of the book reviews. I'm Kyron and today I have the book for you, White Fang, which is a book written by the author Jack London with illustrations by James Madsen. This book was written in 1906 by the American writer and it is a book that lends itself to children, although not specifically aimed at children. The book itself is, I suppose, his take on, uh, it's a fictional work of a, of a wolf, a little wolf in the wild, which becomes somewhat tamed by interacting with humans, especially the, the native Indians in, in Canada, uh, and then leads a, a somewhat brutal life uh, being beaten and abused as a fighting dog before finally almost being rehabilitated and, uh, I guess, introduced into a, a proper household, a home, a family uh, at the end of the book. Most of it takes place in the wilds of Canada. So I'm, I'm thinking like, imagine snow, imagine very sparse trees and forests, lakes and rivers and sort of teepees and hut settlements, things like that. We're with the final of the, the book coming into the California, so the nice springtime weather, houses and plantations and things like that. The book itself talks about White Fang, the, the wolf in question, but also starts off with a, a little bit of a mini story regarding two humans being chased by his mother, Kish, and then Kish herself and, and the, the birthing of, of White Fang. It's a fantastic book, really, really great read. And some of the themes within it is, well, the, the main one I would say is the, the poetic call of, of nature. We can see in the book this is especially strong for animals and considering humans are animals we we also feel this call this drive this something in us that naturally wants to go to nature and experience the the woods the forests the seas whatever it is if you're someone who hasn't particularly experienced this i would recommend trying out different areas as well because a couple of years ago i would have said you know what i'm not that into nature i don't particularly like camping i don't particularly like hiking but I have over the past couple of years gotten out into some very different places in the mountains, particularly for me. I, I really enjoy that view out uh, as well as cliff sides for me really draw into me. And there's, there's something uh, energizing and, and I guess fulfilling by, by going out and doing that. And he talks a lot about this in the book, especially with White Fang and I guess the call for an animal who you know he doesn't have rational thought per se and this this desire even when he is in with humans and has his needs met in the sense of food and shelter and water he still feels this desire this longing to go out uh, into the wild wolves and animals in general but particularly wolves are, are wild and savage and you he is the author himself tries not to anthropomorph anthropomorphize difficult word there to make the animal have human characteristics, even though he is writing from the animal's point of view. So that's obviously a little bit difficult and it's, you've got to find this right balance between conveying things in a way that a human would understand, i.e. the desire for hunger, uh, the, the desire for food, the, the hunger, the, the aggression, and those sort of natural elements that we humans have as well but also not pushing it too far and saying, oh, you know, the wolf could understand um, these complex reasonings behind why things are happening. In many times in the book, and the author himself has said this, where 
he'll almost interrupt the flow of the story to just really hammer home the fact that uh, Wolf, the Wolf White Fang in this instance, doesn't particularly understand how the gods, as he calls them, which are the humans, how they work, a lot of their rules. He just gets to the level which he can comprehend at and then sort of stays there. You can take the animal from the wild, but you can't take the wild from the animal. And so this is piggybacking off that same sentiment. You can teach an animal up to a point and then you you can always, I suppose, have this little bit of doubt. You should always have this bit of doubt in your mind that will this animal follow these rules all the time? Does he understand? Blah, blah, blah. We can see this particularly in, and, and I'm thinking right now of examples in the human world where we will take animals such as chimpanzees, such as lions and, and cats, large cats, things like that, particularly in America, because their laws, for some reason, allow uh, private ownership of these, uh, of these ridiculous animals. And there's many, many stories of, of these animals being tamed somewhat throughout their life. And then, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years later, they'll just have one instance of snapping where they'll maul a human or a dog or a pet or or kill someone or injure or maim or whatever it is where their natural instincts just take over. Uh, so there's always this, this need. And I guess the, he drives home in this book is that even though white Fang is somewhat domesticized or tamed, he, he still has this desire in him, these things in him that make him want to do things. So you can never be fully certain of, of what he's going to do. The final real theme of the book, I would say, is the brutality of life. He has no punches spared when he talks about what it is like to be a wolf, what it was like in those days. So think of the Klondike gold rush, um, living on the frontiers sort of days. A little bit different because it was in the 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s. But that's still expressive sentiment of life is brutal. It's full of pain, suffering, and effort. For White Fang, you can see this basically from the get-go, from the moment he's born, things are trying to eat him. Hawks are attacking him. He's attacking birds. He's finding the taste of blood almost instantly and enjoying it. He is taken away from, I guess, the wild and put under the ownership of an alcoholic, uh, an abusive sadist who makes him participate in dog fights and there's many, many fights to the death in the actual book. He gets injured. He, you know, there's so many things that happen to him and there's a very, very rare moments where he'll have like a peaceful thing where he won't be hungry and starving, where he'll have an extra little bit of food, where he can do what he wants. I think the author really portrays this nicely throughout the book that, you know, Things aren't easy for animals. They're, they're brutal. Life is brutal and short. And having an idealized view of nature as, as being all perfect and all lovey-dovey, it just doesn't reflect what it actually is. Some of my own observations from the book. It was surprisingly condensed. So this book I have here is a couple of hundred, 400, I think, pages, 375 pages long. And... I guess the actual book itself you can find in different formats because this has been illustrated, non-illustrated, different formats. So the actual wording as well doesn't take that long. I, I read this in about four hours over different days. But 
it's not verbose. I feel there's a real economy of words and he's not trying to overemphasize things. He's not explaining in real detail the scenery and whatnot. I think he uses his words really sparingly to just capture what it is and then focus on the journey of the wolf of white of white fang through his life and and what his life is like so it it still is a vivid vivid storytelling in the book even though i feel like he's he's really condensed it down which i really appreciate reading things that are way too long sometimes are just like you know this is good but i feel this book could have been half the length with this book no no that was not i felt it was the perfect length amazingly uh, well-written. I found it better with illustrations and I can't compare this to anything because I haven't read it without illustrations. But one thing I've noticed is my imaginative powers or prowess is, <laughs> I feel quite stunted. So reading it with the illustrations sort of helped me, I guess, picture it a lot more vividly and I put it into a, a different perspective. Uh, I'm just holding it up now for those who are listening to the audio of, of some of the illustrations. But if you check out James Madsen, um, Madsen, you'll see some of the illustrations from the book. What this does for me is it gives the story a different flavor, a different telling. If I was trying to stay true to, I guess, what the author originally had written, I probably would read it in, you know, I guess the original version, how he portrayed it. But with these additional accompaniments of, of the illustrations, I, I felt it gave it like a different flavor for me in a positive way because I think I would have been imagining things a little bit differently and I like what what the outcome was, I guess, from this. Another thing I found through my research is the nature's fakers controversy. So there's a little bit of a, a strange one. Basically, back in the day, there was this controversy of people who were writing about nature and what other people considered in a in a fake way hence the term nature fakers and what they were saying was like oh they're portraying the wild not as it actually is they're um yeah adding human characteristics to it they're making it seem more beautiful more transcendent more spiritual not scientific than it actually is this got so big that the present at the time in 19, whatever it was, the early 1900s, 1907, I believe, came out and said, and this was Theodore Roosevelt, and came out and condemned the nature fakers and explicitly said about White Fang, this book is ridiculous. And he was talking about the scene where White Fang is in a fight to the death with a bulldog. And he was saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is never how it would be in like real life. He's portraying things in a silly way and it's it's doing damage. And they were you know, very concerned that kids were being taught these things and it was corrupting the minds of youth. It was uh, like silly and a waste of time and all blah, 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 blah. What I, there was two things I, I found real interesting from this. One is that there is stupid crap that seems important at the time. And, you know, a hundred years later is just the most irrelevant thing. Nobody would care one iota about it. I think if I went to anyone, basically anyone and said, so, you know, what, what do you think of the, of this controversy regarding um, kids being taught that, that nature is too idealized or whatnot? And people would say, I don't even know what nature is. Why do I care? Why are you telling me this? So <laughs> there's definitely things. And it, but it was big enough at the time for the president to talk about it and address it. So 
I can think of a couple of things nowadays that are probably along the same lines where it's, you know, it's a big controversy right now, but in a hundred years time, are, are we really going to look back at that and say, you know what, that was a really important moral issue that we needed to talk about at the time? Probably not. The other thing I, I gained from this was a little bit of the character of Jack London and I really liked him. I really liked what I read about him and, and think it would have been really interesting to meet him because throughout the whole controversy, he didn't say a single thing about it. And then only after it was done, he released a little press uh, article in a newspaper or something defending himself and saying, look, this is how I write. The way I write, I try and write uh, in the most scientific way possible while also following the story. And this is where he talks about how he constantly interrupts his stories to say, look, my characters, they can't think like a human. The white fang is a wolf. He cannot think like a human. He cannot reason like a human. Don't judge me for, for this because I'm doing my best to, to write a story, but also, uh, you know, a fictional work is obviously not going to be true in the sense of this is reality. So there was that uh, as well as the fact that yeah, he, he, he just didn't get involved in this controversy. He sort of saw himself as above it. Uh, and yeah, I, I suppose just the prolificness of his writings as well. He's, he's very, if you look how much he's written it across his, and he died relatively early as well across his life, you'll see that this dude worked his ass off um, and did some very, very hard and difficult things such as going to the gold rushes, such as um, yeah, like growing up through poverty and whatnot. So, in summary, it is an enrapturing novel. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, great lessons throughout the book, which I didn't particularly touch upon, but uh, there are small little snippets here and there where you go, oh, yeah, you know what? That's true. That's a, that's a good point. It's brutal, but it does end with an uplifting note, which probably is just about my favorite sort of book. Exposes the, the realities of life, but with an optimistic tone, which is very in keeping with my own character. Uh, I like to acknowledge what is real and what is what, but I, I think I have an innate uh, desire or optimism which lends itself to agreeing with this sort of philosophy that's portrayed in the book. So with that being said, Call of the Wild by uh, White Fang, sorry, by Jack London. I'm giving it a solid 7 out of 10. Why I mentioned Call of the Wild, uh, that's probably Jack London's most famous book. And so my pragmatic taking from reading this is I want to read Call of the Wild uh, and I suppose just appreciate the the role that fiction is is playing more and more a part in my own reading style now. And I'm really starting to enjoy taking lessons from books where in the past I probably would have been like, oh, you know what? That's a children's book. Oh, you know what? That's not reality. What, what can I learn from this? What can I gain from this? So just an affirmation of that, which I really appreciate. And that is it for today. If you have any comments on my reviews, on my thoughts, on whatever, leave it in the YouTube comments or just enjoy the audios in general. So that's it. Karen out.